The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 56 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two detective episodes of Philo Vance, starring Jackson Beck. We'll begin after this short break. Detective Philo Vance was created by S.S. Van Dyne, the pen name of Willard Huntington Wright. Vance was featured in 12 crime novels published in the 1920s and 30s. The character was so popular that he appeared in books, movies, and on radio. Vance was a stylish, even foppish dandy, a New York bon vivant, possessing a highly intellectual nature. On the silver screen, Vance was portrayed by William Powell, Basil Rathbone, Warren William, Paul Lucas, Edmund Lowe, and William Wright. In 1945, NBC Radio cast Jose Ferrer as Philo Vance in a short-lived series. A summer replacement series in 1946 starred John Emery. The best-known radio series ran from 1948 to 1950 starring Jackson Beck. Joan Alexander played Ellen Deering, Vance's secretary and right-hand woman. Time now for the first of two detective episodes of Philo Vance, starring Jackson Beck. In this first story, a Latin dance instructor is murdered in her studio. Vance investigates. Here's the Rumba murder case on Philo Vance Detective from December 28, 1948. Guaranteed to teach you the latest South American dances in ten lessons, or we refund your money. I'll buy that, Miss Ortega. There's something about the samba that I just can't get. Samba and rumba are included, of course. Now, um, your name, please? Sally Henderson. Mm-hmm. Occupation or profession? Oh, I'm secretary to Mr. F.X. Markham. He's district attorney here. Oh? Well, why? What's wrong? Oh, nothing, nothing. Miss Henderson, we will not be able to start your lessons for several weeks. Will that be all right? Well, no, not especially all right. You know how it is with these things. You make up your mind to do them, and then, well, once you do, you'd like to do them right away. If you are in a hurry, you might try somewhere else. I am very busy. I have many people to give lessons to. One more shouldn't make any difference. Excuse me. Hello? Rosita? Yes, this is Senorita Ortega. Uh, Look, don't hi-hat me, Rosita. It's Ronaldo. Yes, what is it? 
This connection must be bad or something. Rosita, this is Ronaldo, remember? What is it you want? To see you for one thing, to get my job back for another. I'm sorry, there is no position open here now. Goodbye. Now, wait a minute, Rosita. Take it easy. Maybe if there isn't a job open, uh, you wouldn't mind making a small loan to a friend? Absolutely not. We have nothing further to discuss, Ronaldo. Oh, yes, we have. We have a lot to talk about. I gave you a week to cool off after you fired me. But nobody's hiring males dancing teachers much. I'm not doing too good. I'm sorry. That's all you can say, I'm sorry? Rosita, you've got no idea how sorry you're going to be. Now, uh, where were we, Miss, uh, Miss Henderson? Uh, you had just decided not to give me dancing lessons, senorita. But after what I just overheard, I've decided perhaps I'd better get in touch with my boss, the district attorney, right away. It is really quite simple. Now listen, watch. Just one, two, three. One, one two, two, three. three. One, one, two, two three. three. <laughs> you see, the entire rumba is built on the one, two, three, three. rhythm, yes. just like your American waltz. Uh, is it, Rosita? <laughs> Please, Mr. Cummings, pay attention to what I'm trying to teach you. <laughs> Head up. No, no, no. No movement from the waist up. With the feet, one, two, three. Come, we try it again. One, two, three. Uh, you do it. I, I like watching you. You can do it if you try, Mr. Cummings. Come try, eh? No, no. I'm a little too clumsy for that kind of thing. I realize that this is my tenth lesson and I haven't learned to dance. But I've learned something that's worth a whole lot more. I've learned about you. That's come to mean something to me. Stop playing, Manuel. I'll call you when I want you. Okay. Oh. This is what I like. You and I alone, Rosita. Of course, it isn't exactly an ideal setting, but it'll do. And uh, the ideal setting, what is that? Uh, that's the kind of thing I wrote to you about, Rosita. Uh, moonlight, away from people. Some place where they never heard of rumba lessons. You are quite uh, romantic, Mr. Cummings. <laughs> Your letters are very dear to me. Are they, Rosita? Yes. Mrs. Cummings must be a charming woman, Mr. Cummings. I wonder if she is equally an uh, um, understanding woman. You think she would like reading your letters? You wouldn't show them to my wife. Oh, Mr. Cummings. How could you even think such a thing? <laughs> no, no. In fact, I, I might even be willing to part with them. Despite their great sentimental value to me, how much would you say they were worth? Oh, so that's it. Blackmail. Blackmail, Mr. Cummings? Oh, no. I, I merely ask for a friendly estimate. How much would you say those letters are worth? Is that blackmail? You know it is. And you want to know what those letters are worth to me? They're worth a whole lot more than your life is. <laughs> Good evening, Senorita Ortega. Rinaldo is not here? 
No, he is not, Senorita Raymond. He won't be here. I told you that a dozen times. Go on back next door where you belong, please. That is no way for one senorita to talk to another. Senorita? Oh, don't make me laugh. Just because you teach Spanish and because you can fool whoever it is that is stupid enough to come into your studio. Don't think I believe you are Spanish. (laughs) You know many things that aren't good, Senorita Ortega. It's true, I'm not Spanish. And my name is not Ramon. But I didn't come here to talk about me. Where's Ronaldo? I do not know. Here, there, somewhere. I have not heard from him since he quit his job here last week. Quit his job? You fired him. Don't try to kid me. He knew a little too much about you. Knew the cute little blackmail racket you had going for you. That's one of the reasons you let him go. Is it? And uh, what's the other reason? I'm the other reason. And you know it. He was starting to go for me. He was starting to overlook you. You're getting a little old, Ortega. A little tired looking. You can't blame him. Get man. out of here. You, you, whatever your name really is. Go on, get out. Get out or I throw you out. Better get somebody to help you. Help me? I need nothing to help me. I'll push you right out. Get your hands off my tongue. You ask for this. Huh? Oh, a knife you carry, do you? Well, you won't use it on me. I will get that from you. I will. Stop, Stop it. You're breaking my wrist, the knife. Drop it. Drop it on the floor. Drop the knife. My wrist. You, you broke my wrist. You, you are lucky that isn't all I break. Now, get out of here and take this, this knife with you. Okay, okay, I'll get out. I'll take the knife with me. But you never can tell, Ortega. Both of us may be coming back. It may be something and it may be nothing, Mr. Markham, but I thought I'd tell you about it. I'm glad you did, Sally. So you went up to one of those private dance studios last evening and when this Senorita Ortega found you were working for me, the district attorney... She wasn't very anxious to have you take the course. Oh, it isn't that so much, Mr. Markham. It's the phone call she got from somebody named Ronaldo. That's why I tried to reach her last night on the phone. He sounded mighty serious when he threatened her. Yes, I didn't get in until quite late. And he was serious, all right, Sally. What do you mean? Look at this memorandum that came in to me just before you arrived. It's from Sergeant Heath at the Homicide Department. Here, read it. Uh-huh. Rosita Ortega, private dance instructress, stabbed to death in her studio... Midnight last night. Mr. Markham, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Apparently. And I was about to go up to the dance studio to meet Philo Vance there. I'd call him. You mean that maybe I gave you a clue to the murderer? A clue to the suspect, undoubtedly. Somehow clues to a murderer are never this easy to find. Vance, Sergeant Heath has this Ronaldo individual in the late Senorita Ortega studio. Shall we go in? No, not for a moment, please, Markham. Let's stay here in the outer office a minute. It was quick work on Sergeant Heath's part. Apprehended Ronaldo? Yes, it was. Heath has another suspect for us, too, a Senorita Ramon. She teaches Spanish in the studio next door. Senorita Ramon. That's right. I noticed her sign as we came down the hall. Well, Markham, I'm about ready to go to work. It's been quite a while since our last murder case... 
And life is little to a private investigator without a murder. To a private investigator such as you, that's undoubtedly correct. Now, how about this Ronaldo, Vance? Let's get him in here now, if you will, Markham. Right. I'll have Heath send him in. Sergeant Heath, would you ask Ronaldo to come here, please? Sure. He's on the way, Vance. Good. I'm Ronaldo Alvarez. Uh, right in this way, please, Ronaldo. Sure. What happens now? Ronaldo, I'm District Attorney Markham. This is Philo Vance. Vance, eh? You heard of Mr. Vance? Who hasn't? But I don't suppose he can want anything from me. I might, now that Sergeant Heath apprehended you so quickly. What apprehended? I walked in here this morning to see Ortega. Didn't know a thing about her being dead until then. Perhaps that's true. Ronaldo, why did Senorita Ortega discharge you? Why? Because she thought she could get along without me. That's why. Was that the only reason? What is going on in here? Why am I being held like a prisoner in the hey, studio? You. It's all right, Heath. Let her come in. All right. Why am I being held in there like a thief? Why? And who are you, may I ask? Me? I am Senorita Ramon. I have the studio next door. Oh, I see. Is that reason enough for me to be held until you get ready to speak to me? I think it might be, Senorita Ramon. That accent of yours is slightly spurious, too, I might add. What is your right name? Her name is Margaret Stone, Vance. Thank you, Ronaldo. You knew her? Very well. Ronaldo, Would I... you please wait in the studio just one moment, Senorita Ramon or Stone, whichever you prefer. I promise you we won't be more than a few minutes. Okay. Only I don't like to be kept hanging around like a pet dog. <laughs> Quite a young lady there, Ronaldo. Her? She's really something, Vance. And, uh, can I go now? Not yet. Ronaldo, I'd like you to tell me all you know about the late Senorita Ortega and who might have killed her. Uh, look, Vance, I'm a dancer, not a detective. But Rosita did have something off the record going on with a guy named Cummings, Jack Cummings. He was married and he wrote her some letters. That sounds like something, Vance. Yes, it does. Where did the Senorita keep those letters, do you know? I should know. I saw her looking at them only last week. I got an idea that was one of the reasons I was fired. They're right in that desk Mr. Markham's sitting at. Middle drawer. Yeah? <coughs> it's locked. Well, that shouldn't be entirely unexpected. That paper knife ought to be capable of prying the drawer open. Set it right in the center, Markham. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Well? No, no letters. Nothing that even looks like a letter. Really? It's like I told you then. Cummings killed Rosita for those letters. That sounds logical. And very pat. Where were you at midnight last night, Ronaldo? Midnight? I can tell you. I won a rumba contest over to the Shadowland Dance Palace a little after midnight. I was there all night. Mary Morgan, she's my dancing partner. Maybe we're going to do an act together. I'd like to know a little more about this Cummings man you mentioned, Ronaldo. What's his first name? As far as I know, it was Jack. He took lessons from Rosita. You know the name, Vance? Jack Cummings. No, no, I don't think I do. There is a quite wealthy merchant in this city named John H. Cummings. Ronaldo, was Cummings rather big, about 45, gray hair parted on the side? That's about right. You do know him then, Vance? Yes, I know of him, that is. I attended an exhibition of his wood carvings about a year ago. Wood carving's his hobby. He's quite good at it, too, as I remember. Vance, listen, the Ortega girl was killed by a knife. Cummings carves wood as a pastime. Certainly. 
and they had a motive. Those letters. If I know Rosita, she was using those letters, too. It adds up, Vance. I'm going to have Heath pick up Cummings at once. What we found out this morning practically proves it was he that killed Rosita Ortega. Does it, Markham? Personally, I'm of the opinion that what we found practically proves that he didn't. This is District Attorney Markham. The Rumba murder case began when Rosita Ortega, a dance instructress, was found knifed. Vance's suspects include a Spanish teacher, Margaret Stone, a dancer named Ronaldo Alvarez, whom the senorita had discharged, and Jack Cummings, merchant and amateur woodcarver, who, we have reason to believe, was being blackmailed by Senorita Ortega. Ronaldo has told us that he had been at the Shadowland Dance Hall the entire evening previous, dancing with a hostess there named Mary Morgan. And I know that Vance checked the dance hall, found out her apartment address, and is there with her right now. I'd like you to know something, Miss Morgan. This is the first time I've ever been in the apartment of a dance hostess. Oh, gee, high-sounding name, Mr. Vance. I'm a taxi dancer. You sure you don't mind that record playing? I like music. It relaxes me. Oh, I don't mind at all. Mind if I ask you some questions? Go ahead, ask. First of all, these pictures of Ronaldo that are in your place here. How many of them are there? Oh... Three in here and three in my bedroom. I go for that guy, Mr. Vance. He's a swell dancer. Uh, excuse me. Surely. We won a rumba contest last night at Shadowland. Did I tell you that? Not that I recall. What time was the contest held? Quarter after 12. Ronaldo and I have been practicing all night. At Shadowland? Sure, at Shadowland. Oh, it was perfectly legit. He bought tickets, the same as any customer. My knowledge of dance halls is a little limited, Miss Morgan. Tell me about Shadowland. Where till I turn off this record, huh? There. Well, Mr. Vance, there are about 25 of us girls. They call us hostesses. We sit around till some fellow comes over and asks for a dance. Some fellow? Well, sure. Fellas come up there to dance, and they buy a bunch of tickets, and they dance with us. Every time they dance, they give us a ticket. I understand. Now, you were telling me about Ronaldo. I know he won a contest with you a little after midnight. But he says he was with you all evening from 9 o'clock on. That's just about right, too. He got there about 9, and we started dancing. He didn't miss a dance until the contest. Every dance we danced. You must have been pretty tired. Oh, I do that every night. I'm used to it. Only every night I don't get a break like dancing with Ronaldo every dance. I'm curious about one thing, Miss Morgan. How much money do you girls make if I'm not being too personal? That ain't personal, Mr. Vance. We get six cents on every ticket. Tickets cost a dime, and the house makes four cents. I see. You really do have to do a lot of dancing to make money, don't you? That I do. Why don't you come up sometime, Mr. Vance? You look like you wouldn't get fresh or nothing. <laughs> I might do that, Miss Morgan. This case I'm working on seems to be getting nowhere. The lack of clues is a little fantastic. 
Perhaps after I solve it, if I solve it, I might devote some time to the light fantastic. Yes, I know you. You teach Spanish in a studio next door to Senorita Ortega's. That's right, Mr. Cummings. Only I'm not Spanish. And that has nothing to do with why I came to your apartment. We are alone. Yes, but what has that to do with what you're going to say? Plenty. I just came from a little interview with Mr. Markham and Philo Vance. They wanted to know what I knew about Ortega's murder. What did you tell them? Nothing. Cops don't pay for information. What are you driving at? This. Ortega was murdered about midnight last night. You were at a studio at about that time. I saw you. I want $10,000 to keep quiet about it. I won't pay it. I think you will. Get out of here. I've worried enough about my being up there last night. I was there to get something that belonged to me. But I didn't kill her, do you understand? I didn't kill her. I won't pay a cent. You will. You've got a wife, respectably married children. You wouldn't want them to read about you in the papers. You'll pay. Get out of here. Get out. I won't pay a cent. Get out of here. Everybody throws me out. And everybody's sorry they did right afterwards. One more chance, Mr. Cummings. Are you paying? I said get out, and I meant it. Get out! Okay, okay, stop pushing. I'll go. In case you change your mind, you know where to reach me. I'll give you an hour. An hour? An hour? I can't pay her. She'll blackmail me for the rest of my life. I can't pay her. I can't face the ruin I'll bring to my family. I know. Where is it? I always kept it here. Oh, here it is. This is my way out. This gun of mine. Uh, first, I'd better write. No, no, I, I'll telephone my wife. That'll be better, quicker. Oh, no. No, I can't talk to her. I can't. I've just got to do this now. The longer I think about it, the longer I'll put it off. And I mustn't put it off. I've got to... I wouldn't if I were you, Mr. Cummings. Who are you? My name is Vance. Philo Vance. Mind if I take that gun? Here, take it. Take it quickly. Thank you. I'm glad my appearance has that effect, Mr. Cummings. I take it you were going to kill yourself because of your connection with the Ortega murder? Yes, yes, but I didn't kill her. Only no one will believe it when they find out I was up there last night. I wouldn't say no one, Mr. Cummings. I believe it. And as soon as I meet Mr. Markham up at the Shadowland Dance Hall, which I'm to do in a few moments, I think everyone concerned will believe it, too. There's nothing quite so desolate-looking as a dance hall during the day, is there, Markham? Oh, I don't know, Vance. An empty stadium at night, an office building on Sunday. They give this dance hall a little competition for desolation. Perhaps you're right. So this is Shadowland, Temple of Terpsichore. Uh -huh. Hey, you two. What are you doing here? Watchman Vance? I think not. Must be the manager. I phoned him a while ago. My name is Vance. Oh, yeah. You called me, didn't you? Who's your friend? This is District Attorney Markham. Hi. How, How do you do? What can I do for you, Vance? Have you the records I asked for? Oh, sure. In my office. It's right here. Come on in. Not much doing around here this time of day. We figure that out for ourselves. You got the records right here in my desk. Oh, here they are. Last night, Mary Morgan, the girl you asked about, Vance, turned in 40 tickets. 40, eh? Tell me something. How long does a dance last? All last the same time. When the music is continuous, we got two bands. Every dance lasts exactly two minutes. 
We do a minute break between dances to collect tickets and let people out and out the floor. What's that information for, Vance? Just general knowledge, Markham. All I'd say, that's what it's for. One thing more. How much did Mary Morgan make the night before last? I'll have to find that out for you, Vance. Won't take me a minute. Don't hurry. We'll be here when you get back. Well, Vance, I've got something to tell you. We're picking up Jack Cummings, the man Ronaldo spoke to us about. He was supposed to have written some letters to Senorita Ortega, remember? Of course. And you've picked him up, eh? Yes. You see, the girl who has the place next to Ortega's, Senorita Ramon, saw him near the Ortega apartment at the time of the murder. And she told you that? Definitely. Markham, I wouldn't overlook this Senorita Ramon if I were you. You mean you don't think that Cummings murdered the Ortega girl? No, I don't. I told you that once before. I know who the murderer is, Markham. And believe me, it's not Jack Cummings. Just leave me here in your office for a few minutes with Ronaldo Markham, and I'll be with you. Right, Vance. Well, Vance, what's eating you? Not a great deal. I've been over to see your girlfriend, Mary Morgan. Have you now? Great girl, huh? Terribly loyal. She's in love with you, apparently. Because my pictures are all over her apartment? She's a picture patsy. Before me, there was a shipping clerk. <laughs> I'm doing a little better than him, though. One more picture. He only had five. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Ronaldo, what made you think you could get away with murdering Senorita Ortega? Me? You think I killed her? No. I know you did. And I'm supposed to say, Oh, no, please, please, don't turn me in. I did it. I admit it. But don't turn me in. Nuts, Vance. You don't know a thing. Don't I, though? I wouldn't be quite so sure. I'm listening, but I'm not paying too much attention. Might be an idea if you did. Sure. I couldn't prove where I was last night, maybe. But I can't. 500 people saw me win that rumba contest at 12.15 last night in Shadowland. I don't doubt that at all. Well? Senorita Ortega was killed at midnight. Shadowland is near enough to the Ortega studio for you to have killed her and then gone over to the dance hall. Oh, it is, is it? Look, Vance. I was at Shadowland all night, from 9 o'clock on. I didn't leave the joint. Mary Morgan can tell you that. Yes, I know. In fact, she did tell me that. So you claim you couldn't have killed Senorita Ortega because you were at Shadowland all evening. Of course. You stick to that story, my boy. It's a perfect alibi. Perfect for me. You see, instead of proving that you didn't murder the Ortega girl, it proves you did. Markham, what you want to know, then, is how I knew Ronaldo killed Ortega. It's a matter of mathematics. Sit down and listen. Very well. I'm doing both. Good. Ronaldo said he danced every dance from 9 o'clock to midnight with Mary Morgan. That's three hours. That's right. Now, the Shadowland dance hall manager told me that each dance lasted two minutes with one-minute intermissions between each dance. In other words, there were 20 actual dances per hour. Can't argue with that, either. All right, let's take it from there. 20 dances per hour for three hours makes 60 dances. In other words, if Mary Morgan had danced every dance with Ronaldo, as she claimed, she would have turned in 60 tickets. Mm -hmm. But she didn't. The manager told me she turned in only 40 tickets. So she only danced with Ronaldo two hours and not three. Of course. That gave him an hour off to murder the Ortega girl. He thought he had a foolproof alibi because he knew Mary Morgan would lie for him. But they overlooked the detail of the tickets. Yes, they did. Silly of them, wasn't it? Our friend Jack Cummings was silly, too, going to a studio like Senorita Ortega's to learn to dance. There are hundreds of legitimate dance studios, recognized licensed places. 
You're almost looking for trouble when you go visit someone like the senorita. Fortunately, there are no others we know of, Vance. Well, Ronaldo has confessed in view of the way you broke his alibi, and it looks like the end of his career to me. To me, too. But, Markham, it also looks like the end of the Rumba murder case. Philo Vance, Detective, with a Rumba murder case starring Jackson Beck from December 28, 1948. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding Classic Radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the radio stars. You'll receive your first 10 Classic Radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another detective episode of Philo Vance after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, a magician is found murdered in a locked and bolted room. Vance investigates. Here's the magic murder case on Philo Vance Detective from January 4th, Watch me. For you, I have no magic tricks to build or to sell. Now, look, Pop, I'll pay you just as much as any magician. Maybe more. Oh, no. For you, I have nothing. I build a trick or an illusion for you, and what do you do with it? Expose it on the stage. Show the public how it works. Uh, You are not a magician. You're making it impossible for magicians to work. 
Get out of my shop. Now, Pop, all I want is one trick. Nobody can make them like you. A pop baker, false bottom table, looks two inches high to an audience. Actually, it's about six. Nobody's as good as you, Pop. Huh. The great Mento says nobody is as good as me. So I relent. I sell him my tricks. Oh, no. Now, not for you, Mento. No tricks. Look, Pop. You've no real gripe against me. Okay. So I expose magic. So what? So what do you say? Listen. Ten years ago, who was the greatest magician of them all? Who answer me? Who? You mean you? Well, you are pretty good. Pretty good. From coast to coast, a headliner. My own magic show, two performances a day, my name in electric lights. Baker the Baffler. Now, what do I have? A pretty nice business. Making effects for magicians. That compares with what I had? Fool. Here do I have an audience that applauds me? No. Here do I have anything except my tools, my work? You're not blaming me for getting you off the stage, are you? Yes. Yes, I blame you. I must blame you. Every trick I did on the stage, you exposed. Soon people did not want to see me anymore. They know how my tricks are done. They laugh at me. You made them laugh at me. No, Mento. From me, you get nothing. Ever. Sorry you feel that way, Pop. But I think you're exaggerating this a little bit, aren't you? Oh, no. No, I'm not. I think many times over the years I was on the stage, how it was everything to me. My whole life. Well? You took that life away from me, Mento. <sighs> Remember and be warned. You took my life from me. Maybe someday I do the same for you. How's my makeup, Betty? It's perfect, Mento, as you know. Just like everything else about you. Perfect. Well, that's hardly a reason for that tone you're using, my girl. Incidentally... Your makeup wasn't too good at the matinee. Too lazy or too much in a hurry? Which was it? Neither. I've been with you over a year now, Mitchell. So you have, so you have. And no magician ever had a prettier assistant. I am very pleased with you, Betty. Pleased with me? That isn't the way you talked when I first joined the act. If this is going to be a quarrel about the same old thing again... Please, let it keep until after the performance. I can't work when I'm upset. I've been upset for months and I've worked. I don't see any reason for putting this off any longer. All right, let's have it. What is it? When are you going to marry me, Mento? Is that all? <laughs> I thought this was going to be something important. It was important when you tried to convince me you were in love with me. When you made me fall in love with you. I made you fall in love with me? Uh-huh. <laughs> come now, Betty. There's a limit to what even a magician can do. Come on, come on, come on. Hand me my cape. Here. Uh, folding flowers and silks are in it? Yes, they're in the folds of the cape where they belong. Now listen, Mento. How about you and me? What have you decided? What's the terrible rush, my dear? You know I'm fond of you. Maybe. But Johnny Davis is in love with me. He wants to marry me. Well, then marry him. I'll hide my broken heart and wish you to all the happiness in the world. Although what you can see in that, that, that 
Hoofer? I don't know. Johnny's wonderful. Well, then you should be very happy. Well, I'm not. You've seen to that. And, Mento, I won't forget it. But I'm not going to be unhappy alone. I'll see to it that you share some of my misery. Believe me, I will. Oh, snap out of it, baby. Things can't be that tough. Besides, a coffee cup isn't a crystal ball, so start staring into it. I'm sorry, Johnny. And Meadow, as you upset, hasn't he? Maybe I ought to talk to him. Oh, it won't do any good, Johnny. I tried just before we went on stage 20 minutes ago. He won't tell me anything, one way or another. Is he in the dressing room now? Oh, I suppose so. Told me he was expecting two visitors after the performance. That might be just another stall so he don't have to take me out tonight. But he went to his dressing room, I know that. Why don't you give him up, Betty? He's only making you unhappy. Uh, I wish I could. Only without him, there's nothing. Well, there's a precious little guy called me. I could make you happy, dear. Yeah, I know one thing, Johnny. I know you'd try. It wouldn't be fair to you. There'd always be something missing. As long as Mentor were alive, I couldn't help but want him. Is that so wrong? You know it is. That guy isn't happy unless he's doing something to hurt people. His fake magic act does nothing but expose tricks. He worked on you until you fell in love with him, just so he could watch you suffer. Yeah, and the awful part of this Johnny is I know all that. I know it, and I can't do anything about it. No, no, I guess you can't. But you said before that you'd want Mento as long as he was alive. Maybe I can do something about that. Good show, wasn't it, Vance? Excellent, Markham, excellent. I've always had a soft spot for Baldwin. Nice of the fellow to have sent me these tickets, wasn't it? Fellow? What fellow? I was under the impression that you'd bought them. No. Remember that magic act that opened the second half of the bill? The great Mento? Of course, he was very clever. And his assistant was quite pretty. That door there leads backstage, I imagine. Come on, we're going to see him. All right. Would it be impolite to ask why? Hardly. As I was saying, he sent me these tickets and a note asking me to come backstage at the end of the performance. I'll get in the store. Backstage always had a fascination for me, Vance. It has for most people, Mark, including actors. And private investigators. Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, I beg your pardon, but where is the great Mentos dressing room, please? Second room to the right. Thank you. Markham, to retain a semi-consistency to our conversation, I believe I was telling you about a note that this Mento sent me along with the tickets. So you were. It said, please see the show and come back to visit him afterward. It had a hint of intrigue. Vance, you could find intrigue in a loaf of bread. Don't you ever get tired of looking for it? No, and I hope I never will. <laughs> it's true that many times the intrigue isn't there when I think it might be, but I don't overlook anything either. Anything that might be passed by if I hadn't investigated well, here we are. Perhaps your friend didn't wait. Perhaps that, too, is part of the intrigue. That would be interesting, Mark. Very interesting. Well, from what I can gather, you have your choice of believing that he either didn't wait or is very deaf. Vance. Now, don't be alarmed because I'm looking through the keyhole, Markham. Perhaps it is undignified, but under the circumstances, I believe it's warranted. And what warrants it? The keyhole is obstructed a bit because the key is still on the inside. Which means the door is locked from the inside, of course. That's right. Somebody must have locked it from the inside. But nobody answers our knock. There's trouble in that room, Markham. Well, then, come on, man. Help me break down this door. Right. <coughs> Once more ought to do it. 
Well. There's the great Mento, all right. Lying face down with a knife in his back. You were right about trouble, Vance. Yes, I know. Look at this door, Markham. It wasn't only locked on the inside with a key, it was bolted from the inside. I'll get Sergeant Heath on the telephone immediately. I think that can wait a moment, Markham. Okay. Take a look at this room. There's no other way a murderer could have gotten out except the door. That was locked and bolted. That window up there, Vance. Too small to let anyone in or out. Besides, I think you'll find that that's locked from the inside, too. I think you're right, Vance. Yes, it is locked from the inside. Well, this looks like a first-rate mystery, Markham. The position of that knife prohibits suicide, yet nobody could have gotten in here to kill our friend Mento. Or so it seems. I go along with that definitely. Take a look around the room, Vance. There's the little stand that Mento brought out those silks and that fishbowl from. Uh, There's another table over there, and I guess that's all. No question about that. Vance, I have an idea that this is probably the most baffling case we've ever encountered. No question about that either, Markham. I'm quite sure this case isn't going to be quite as easy to break open as that locked door was. How bigger I am, Mr. Vance. That's right. You were in the right place. I imagined I was when I saw those magic cabinets. You build them? Yes, that I do. They are illusion cabinets. I'd like to see the inside of one. May I? If you like, open the one in front of you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, open it. What do you see? Well, to be honest about it, I don't see anything. Just the inside of a man-high cabinet, black satin lined. How deep would you say it was? I don't know. Five, six inches. It seemed much deeper from the outside before I opened the door. Well, it's 24 inches deep. Those two girls. See? One of them can easily fit in back of this rear satin. Allows the magician to change his assistance just like... Uh, like, uh... like magic. <laughs> yes. You're quite a craftsman, Mr. Baker. Thank you. Yes, now it's my life work. Well, what is it you wanted, Mr. Vance? To purchase one of my illusions? Not exactly. I'm here investigating the death of the great Mento. He was murdered in his dressing room last night with the door locked and bolted from the inside. Oh, you are a policeman? Not quite. Vance. Oh, of course, Vance. You are Philo Vance. I should have known. I am honored, Mr. Vance. But what do you want with me? Mr. Baker, I talked to Betty Anderson, Mento's assistant, immediately after the murder. She told me several things, among them one fact that brought me here. She told you I quarreled with Mento? That's right. Apparently, Mento told her when he returned from this workshop of yours. He was not a good man, this Mento. You knew that. That isn't what interests me, Mr. Baker. He is now a dead man. I want to know who killed him. So... The newspapers say he was killed in a locked room with a knife at his back. That police are checking the knife for fingerprints. Which they won't find. Anyone clever enough to have figured out this murder wouldn't be simple enough to leave his calling card. Thank you. Why, thank me, Mr. Baker. I merely stated a fact. You were very complimentary. You said the murderer was clever. For that, I thank you. You're telling me that you killed Mento, Mr. Baker? Oh, not exactly. I'm not that stupid. This I will tell you, Mr. Filovance. You were perfectly right about two things. There will be no fingerprints, and the murderer is clever. All his life he has dedicated to making devices which will fool people. This could be his masterpiece. I'm not sure. No? So it's a contest, then. A contest between your knowledge and the murderer's. That's fair. Mr. Vance, this I will tell you. If I kill him, and if you find out how I did it... I will admit it. But this I tell you, too. The papers say Mento died at 10.15 last night. 
That death was instantaneous. The papers were correct. Man couldn't live two minutes with that knife in so vulnerable a spot. I do not wish to complicate your work too much, Mr. Vance, but from 9.30 until midnight last night, during which time Mentor was murdered, I was with friends. Reliable, reputable friends, including a policeman whom I know. And you didn't leave them even for a moment? Not for a second. You see, Mr. Vance, execution of a crime is like building a magic cabinet. The effect is only perfect if the plans are perfect. Of course, it's very possible that you didn't kill Mento. I suppose so. But, Mr. Vance, I urge you, please do not believe that. I urge you not to believe anyone else murdered the great Mento. This is District Attorney Markham. The magic murder case began when the great Mento, theatrical magician, was found in his locked dressing room, a knife planted firmly in his back. Nobody could have gotten into or out of the dressing room, yet Mento couldn't possibly have been a suicide. Vance and I have questioned Betty Anderson, Mento's assistant, and have found that Mento had quarreled with Pop Baker, a craftsman catering to magicians. Vance has gone to see him, while I have decided to continue questioning Miss Anderson. It seems... I didn't kill him, Mr. Markham. I wanted to lots of times, but I didn't. Look at me. Do I look like a killer? My experience as district attorney has taught me, Miss Anderson, that murderers rarely do look like murderers. That's what complicates my job, and Sergeant Heath's, and Philo Vance's. You've told me that Mento promised to marry you. Yeah, sure he did, in the beginning. And later on, he wouldn't be definite. He wouldn't say when. He wouldn't even say he wouldn't marry me. He's that kind of a man, Mr. Markham. You're trying to tell me that even though he might not want something, he didn't want anyone else to get it either. Only he'd said we were through, that he wouldn't marry me. Maybe then I could have been happy with Johnny. Johnny? I didn't mean to say that, Mr. Markham. I don't want Johnny brought into this case. He had nothing to do with Mento's death. I think I might be a better judge of that than you, Miss Anderson. Who is Johnny? He's a dancer. He works in the theater next door. Oh, I must remember to tell Vance that. Miss Anderson, there is an element in this case we've never before encountered. The element of the locked door. It makes a puzzling case baffling. Because the door was locked and bolted on the inside? The door and the window, both. Now, I can remember watching a magician get out of a trunk that was locked from the outside. Perhaps this was the same trick in reverse. I doubt that. The locked trunk trick is done with a false panel in the trunk. The magician removes it while he's inside and gets out that way. You know all the tricks, Miss Anderson? Most of them. I watch Mento expose him for over a year. In that case, perhaps you can give him... Oh, hello, Vance. Hello, Markham, Miss Anderson. Any luck in your talk with Pop Baker, Vance? I'm not sure. I got what practically amounted to a confession from him. Pop Baker confessed? I'm afraid I don't understand, Vance. What could it possibly be that practically amounts to a confession? Well, he dared me to prove he did it, for one thing. He has an ironclad alibi for the time of the murder. I know it's ironclad. I just checked it. And perhaps he didn't do it. After all, somebody stabbed Mento at 10.15. And if Pop Baker couldn't have done it, it must be somebody else who was our murderer. That's completely logical, Markham. Unless Mento, the magician, was killed by magic. You 
you want me to build some special effects for you, Miss Anderson? Yeah, please, Mr. Baker. I'll pay you for them. I want to do a magic act. Like the great Mentos? No, no, I won't expose magic, Mr. Baker. You see, I was with Mento long enough to know how all his tricks worked. I can do them, too. But I'll need something big. Some big illusion for a finish. You can build it for me. Undoubtedly, I can build it for you. But will I? <laughs> no, no, I think not. You've got to. Oh, so it's a threat now. I've got to. Miss Anderson, perhaps you'd better... Hello there. Mr. Vance, why do you come here again? You expected me to come, didn't you, Mr. Baker? What I didn't expect was to find Miss Anderson here. I want him to build an effect for me, Vance. I'm going to do a magic act by myself now. Really? That's quite interesting. Mr. Baker, I came back because I want to know a little more about magic. I promise you that unless the information affects this case, I'll reveal it to no one. What is it you wish to know? Well, let's take the sawing a woman in half trick. How did that work? It does no harm to tell you. It has been exposed in theaters for years. Two girls are used. One the public sees when she climbs into the box that is to be sawed. And the other? The other is lying on the table the cabinet rests on. It doesn't look wide enough to hold a girl, but it is. Illusion, eh? Yes. After one girl climbs into the box, she tucks up her feet in the top half. The girl in the table puts her feet through the bottom half. And the magician then saws in between them. Mm -hmm. Very simple, once it's explained, isn't it? If you saw Mentor's act, you also saw a variation of the trick. He used a table similar to the one in the sawing a woman illusion. Mm, so he did. He took several large dogs out of the tabletop. Well, thank you very much, both of you. You're leaving, Mr. Vance? Definitely. I'm quite certain this mystery is no longer a mystery. I'll be seeing both of you again very soon. Good night. Good night, Good night. Mr. Vance. Now, Miss Anderson, we will talk about what you want me to build for you. No. No, Mr. Baker, not right now. I didn't like the look on Vance's face when he left. To me, it seemed a very satisfied look. That's just it. I think he knows something. I think he knows everything. And I gotta get out of here fast. Here I am, Vance, just as you asked. Why did you want me to meet you here outside Mento's dressing room? Why, Martin? Because I just left Pop Baker and Betty Anderson. And you are about to witness a dramatization entitled How the Locked Door Murder Was Accomplished. Oh, I see there's a new door fitted on Mento's dressing room. Yes, a new door, a new lock and bolt. That was done earlier today, Vance. Why the dramatics? We're nearing the finish of our case, Markham. I'm going in the dressing room. Give me one moment, then break down the door. Break down the door? What for? Where will you be? I'll be showing you how Mento was murdered. Five seconds, Markham, then break it down. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. I hope you're ready, Vance. Well, Vance, we... Hey, where is he? Vance, where are you? Vance! Oh, what is this? This... Well, you can't be hiding. There's no place to hide. Vance, what is this? Where are you? Right here, Markham. Right where? Your voice seems to be coming from that table, but... You couldn't possibly be hiding in that tabletop. No, but I am Markham. And now I'm coming out of my hiding place. Vance, that tabletop doesn't look deep no, enough to... No, it doesn't, does it? But it is. It's the same type of table I saw at Pop Baker's studio. Ready to make an arrest, Markham? Of course, but I'm just as ready to hear how this solves Mento's murder. I'll explain later. First, I've got to make a call. 
And then we've got to pay a call on a murderer. Johnny. Johnny. Well, well, this is a surprise. Hello, Betty. What are you doing here at my place? Johnny, get some clothes packed and get out of here fast. What? Don't stop to argue with me. Get some clothes together. I'll tell you all about this while you're doing it. Well, honey, don't be so mysterious. What's this all about? Okay. You want it your way, Johnny? Philo Vance knows you killed Mento. Vance knows it? <laughs> well, that's interesting. I didn't know it myself. Brilliant guy, that Vance. Don't try to fool me, Johnny. I know you killed him, and I know how you killed him. Really? That's right. Now, come on, let's stop this. Get packed, Johnny. No, no, not yet. Why are you warning me about Vance, Betty? Why shouldn't I warn you? You were in love with me, weren't you? Tried to make things easier for me. Okay, I'm paying off that favor now, Johnny. I'm telling you to get out before Vance gets here. Well, what makes you so sure he's coming? Because he left me at Pop Baker's a little while ago. I'm sure he figured out the false table gimmick. And he'll know it was you who hid in that false tabletop. He'll know you were in that table in Mento's dressing room while he and Markham were discovering Mento's body. False tabletop? What's that? Oh, Johnny, please, don't try to lie to me. I showed you that phony table. Showed you how it works weeks ago. Please, Johnny, Vance... Never mind about Vance right now. Come here, Betty, darling. Come here. Uh-uh. Come on, baby. Come over here. All right. I'll come over to you. You keep away from me. No, no, darling. I'm coming closer. Close enough, darling, to put my hands right on your throat. <laughs> a few seconds more, darling. Just a few. Oh, he'll put a stop to that. Come on, Markham. I'm with you. Neither of you is coming very much closer. Look out, he's got a gun. Come on, come on. I'm holding his arm. Let go of me, you dope and go. This will take care of you, Johnny. <laughs> well, Miss Anderson, apparently we got here at the right time. We... Catch her, Markham. Oh, it's all right. I'm all right now. Good. Well, Vance, what happens now? We'll revive Johnny Davis and show him just how certain we are that he killed the great Mento. We won't show him, Vance. You will. All I know is you called Pop Baker and found out Miss Anderson was on the way here. I'm going to learn about the details of this solution at the same time that Johnny is. Johnny, we know you were in love with Betty Anderson, but she wouldn't marry you as long as Mento was alive. So what about it, Vance? So you killed him. So you say. So he'll prove, too, Johnny, if past performances are any criterion. Well, they aren't to me. You can't prove a thing. Sure, sure, I may have been a little rough with Betty when you walked in my apartment a while ago, but you can't hang for that. Johnny, I'll admit that locked door on Mento's dressing room had me stopped temporarily but it doesn't anymore. You were in that room, hiding in the tabletop while we were there. After we left, you left, with a practically perfect murder to your credit. Pop Baker could have killed Beto. That's what you wanted us to think when you hid in the table. You knew that eventually we'd figure out that this was a magician's way of killing a magician, and that we'd go straight to Baker. Fortunately, he had an alibi but he couldn't resist trying to take a little credit for the murder. That was the showman in him. Johnny, we have Betty Anderson ready to say you admitted killing Mento. Also, that you tried to kill her. 
and also that she explain the false tabletop to you. We don't need your confession to get a conviction, believe me. No? Okay. If you don't need it, you get it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I killed Mento. What's more, I'd do it again if I had a chance. Well, Markham, that's the statement we wanted him to make. Now I think I have a statement I want to make. This is the end of the magic murder case. Detective with a magic murder case starring Jackson Beck from January 4th, 1949. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 57 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 57 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange. We'll hear two horror episodes of The Mysterious Traveler, starring Maurice Tarplin, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.